0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, a selection of ethically sourced flavors combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast, I'm Rosheen Ingle. Well, Storm Ellen has been raging around the place lately and some of us are a bit confused by new COVID guidelines around the indoor gatherings, the outdoor gatherings, the theatres, the galleries, the schools going back or not going back or what it's going to be like for our children when they are back at school. So all this is swirling around and cases are on the up again, although thankfully there are still a very small number of deaths. Um, And I don't know about you, but I think you're probably in the same boat. Six months into this pandemic, I am on a kind of red alert for good news, like that story about the two cousins who went paddleboarding in Galway and were swept out to sea and you know, stuck there for hours and hours and hours all night um, clinging to a lobster pot and were thankfully eventually saved. Uh, apparently, they kept themselves sane by singing Taylor Swift songs. Now, I'd have done the same myself, although it's a bit of a moot point because I wouldn't have been on a paddleboard in the first place. But anyway, I loved that story and I, I'm sure all of you did it as well. But do you have any good news? Has anything great happened for you or your family or your friends in the last six months? If it has, we want to hear about it as a kind of antidote to this six month global pandemic, which is just, I think, getting very exhausting at this stage. Tell us by emailing the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. And the best bit of good news will win a little book bundle from us here at the women's podcast. Some great new books to keep you going through autumn. Now, if you don't want to email, send us your good news on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at IT Women's Podcast. Just put good news in the subject line and let us know your happy happenings. We really need them after six months of this. Now, another little bit of good news we heard was about a short film called How to Fall in Love in a Pandemic, which is a short documentary film, a true story of accidental romantics pushed together at a time when most people were being kept apart so this is a bit of good news that we decided to base this episode on the film premiered at the Galway Film Fla a couple of months ago and scooped up the award for best Irish short documentary qualifying it for the Oscars in 2021 which is very exciting filmmaker Michael David McKernan met Mimi Wilcox on a weekend away in Chicago he was from Ireland and he was in Chicago for work And he matched with her on Tinder in the Windy City. They had a great old time, so much so that Mimi decided afterwards to come to Dublin for a five day trip to have a bit more fun with David. But the day that she arrived was March 13th, which, as you know, was the day Leo Varadkar announced lockdown. So her flight and all our air travel was cancelled and she couldn't get home. And so she ended up locking down with David for weeks and weeks in his cottage in County Meath. So using smartphones, because they're both filmmakers, they documented the acceleration of their relationship and tried to make sense of their new romance, asking questions like how do you fast track matching on Tinder to living together? Well, we heard about it and we just thought we had to get Mimi on to tell us the full story. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Mimi, thank you very much for coming on the Women's Podcast to talk about your really excellent film, How to Fall in Love in a Pandemic. So would you take us right back to the beginning? You're at home on Tinder and you match up with this Irish guy. So take it from there.
1: Sure. Yeah. So we uh, we matched on Tinder and, and met up on a Friday night. And I think we're able to to connect pretty quickly because it you know, turned out that we both had a film background or an interest in filmmaking, um, and so we just hit it off really well. And since he was only uh, only supposed to be in town for a few days, we decided to just you know make the most of it and um, and spend a lot of time together and, and kind of enjoy Chicago. So yeah, it was a, it was a really lovely time. What kind of things did you do? So let's see, we did a lot of eating. We went into a Second City show, which is like a, a famous comedy show in Chicago. So we went and did that together. Um, we went to The Bean, which is the big kind of sculpture in, in downtown Chicago and just kind of did the like very touristy things. You know, it's always fun to do, having lived in a city for a long time, kind of seeing it through the eyes of someone who's not been there. It was a long way for him to come just for a few days. What was that all about? He'd made a a film previously that was screening at the Chicago Irish Film Festival. So so he came over just to do that and uh, and wound up staying a bit longer. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, so what was your impression of him from those few days? I mean, you obviously kissed and whatever, you were attracted to each other, you were having lots of fun together, but it was like a a whirlwind weekend with this Irish guy that you just met. Yeah. What, what were you left with what kind of impressions?
1: Um, you know, I think he was just a really really kind person and we really got along really well and because we really spent so much time together during those few days, it felt like we got to know each other quite well, quite quickly which was a really fun thing, you know? And we just, we definitely had a lot to talk about. Yeah, he was just really sweet. And and it was nice to just have this, like, very positive, fun thing. It was a great story. It just felt like a, a really kind of lovely, fun little, you know, capsule romance, as we were calling it.
0: Yeah, and then he went back home. And you were kind of voice messaging back and forth. And we see that in the film. Uh, you were texting, you were kind of keeping in touch. And I think it was only a couple of weeks later when you, I think, proposed. It's the kind of thing I would do. I really, I really loved your, uh, your just, you know, spontaneity. And you said, what about if I just came to Dublin? Yep. And I, I, that's an amazing thing to do because I suppose we're all worried about rejection. It was a big thing. You'd only just met the guy. You only knew him a few days. He could have very easily said, eh, no thanks, you're grand, stay where you are. Yeah. So why did you feel at that point that you, that was something you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it comes up in the film a little bit that I was going through a pretty difficult time in my life. And I kind of felt that I, I wanted to do something kind of fun and spontaneous for myself and and take advantage of this opportunity to just extend this nice thing a little bit longer, you know, and do something that would, you know, that would be a positive thing for me. And yeah, it was, I guess, certainly a, a bit of a risk in a lot of ways. I think maybe the fact that he was so far away, it was sort of like, well, if he shoots me down, I won't ever see him again anyway. So, you know.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> but, was good
1: thinking. We uh, wound up being on board with it. So.
0: Yeah, so he was into it as well. He thought it was a great idea and you made your plans, you bought your ticket and it was only going to be this five day thing, right? So okay. you, your ticket was five days later to come back. So even if it was a disaster, it wasn't the end of the world because you exactly. could just be coming back. But when you arrived in Dublin, as we see in the film, it was the day you you went over to Ireland and Leo Varadkar was over in America, in Washington. It was the same day that he stood up at the podium um, outside the White House and he told... Um, Ireland our nation that this lockdown was happening I mean everyone will remember where they were when this happened because it was was on the one o'clock news and it was so serious so you arrive into a very sort of uncertain uh, situation when the whole of Ireland is on the verge of lockdown and you are supposed to be staying for five days but that's not how it panned out
1: yeah the the timing of it was so strange because I, I really flew over a kind of I, I think if my had been even a day later I, I wouldn't have wound up taking it you know it was really kind of the last day that it felt sort of normal and and safe to fly and then sort of as I landed I had the thought of how oh, should I have should I have come here you know like was this even responsible to be on the plane and it was really kind of it happened so quickly and um and so then yeah it was very strange to land in Ireland and uh you know we had talked about we had done all these touristy things in Chicago, and we were like, "Great, we'll do all that in Dublin now." And very quickly, we realized that was not going to be <laughs> the uh, the sort of tone of the of the trip, um, given that everything was pretty shut down. Um, s- still, in the beginning, I thought it was just you know going to be five days, and you know whatever we'd have a little bit kind of different experience, um, which we did. But then things escalated so rapidly while I was there and, and the situation, you know, both in Ireland and, and back in the States, you know, got, got so dire that, you know, my flights got moved, my flights got canceled. And then also it was just a concern of, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a responsible thing to do to be going on this transatlantic flight right now. So it was, yeah, it was a very strange thing that started out as five days and ended have being two months. I mean,
0: it's it's beautiful in the film where where Michael David lives in this cottage in Dunboyne County Mead. So it looks quite idyllic. It's in the countryside. I mean, it couldn't really be more romantic if if it tried in a way. But how did you feel um when you were there and you it dawned on you that this was going to be much longer than five days and you were going to be with this guy? Because I don't know if you've had this before, Mimi, right? But I've definitely had it where you meet someone, right, and you're having all these lovely feelings, okay? And then this thing happens sometimes, it's happened to me, and you meet the guy again, and suddenly you can't stand them. Have you ever had that thing? <laughs> and I'm sure it happens the other way around, but everything they do wrecks your head, and it's really yeah. annoying. And I was thinking watching it, imagine if that had happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you'd have made the film for a start, but yeah, <laughs> but you true. know, do you know that kind of way that you can have all these lovely feelings and then they can go very sudden, the way somebody stirs their tea or something
1: happens? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I know I think you know we got unbelievably lucky <laughs> that that some kind of you know thing like that didn't happen. um it was definitely strange though, in that you know it's we knew each other so little, but very quickly we were spending all day every day together, you know, and so um it really kind of shifted quickly, I think from a sort of exciting new thing into like, okay, now like you know we're roommates of something else you know um but we actually, we really got on really well and and I yeah, I feel really lucky that we actually, you know, our relationship deepened and, and we never had any, you know, major conflicts. I think maybe part of that too, is we were constantly kind of checking in with each other. We were both very aware when I made the decision to stay that it was taking a risk and it was possible that, you know, we would (laughs) either, or both of us would, uh, would start being irritated by the other, but Um, we really made it a a point to kind of check in with each other every night and um, talk about how we were feeling and and make sure that things were still feeling okay. So I think it was really just knowing in advance it was quite an extreme situation and, and trying to communicate really well because of that.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks, a rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. And at what point, Mimi, did you decide you were going to kind of, obviously, as you said at the beginning, you're both filmmakers. Was it was it a pretty instant thing that you were going to kind of document this or <clears throat> did it happen organically or was there a decision?
1: Yeah, it happened pretty organically. You know, I think some of the footage that made it into the film um, was just recorded before we really had any sense that we would make a film of it just because, you know, I I have... I like to take pictures and videos on my phone a lot, you know, tend to have them out just instinctively. Um, So in the beginning, it was really just organic. I think eventually in our conversations with our friends, people kept saying, like, this is a really wild story. Like, you're going to, you know, you're going to want to document this in some way. You're both filmmakers. And so it was really only much later in in my time there that we started documenting a little bit more intentionally and and started doing the video diaries. because we realized, you know, I, I don't think we still knew that there's going to be a, a film at that point, but it just felt like something we should document. Mm. Um, and then kind of very late in my time there, uh, started actually putting it together um, into something and, and having a clearer sense of.
0: And when you started doing that, it's interesting. How did you work together? Because that's another thing that, you know, yeah. so now you're suddenly this couple. And now you're suddenly a couple that's working together, never mind, in yeah. each other's space 24-7. How did the working together work? Was that as good as it, as, as it was in terms of the relationship?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it was, um, it's funny because I I have a documentary background and, and Michael David had more of a fiction background. And so initially I was kind of thinking more about, oh, you know, maybe you can make some kind of, you know, personal documentary about this. Um, and I had a lot of ideas about that, but as time went on it, it I don't know I became uh, less engaged with it partially just because i I had a lot of of work to do. <laughs> I had you know been able to work remotely while I was there and um, we had kind of a, a setup where I would sit in the kitchen and work during the day and he would sit in the living room and work and so I was finding it more difficult to find the time to kind of engage with it um, because I was working on on a lot of other things and and so at a certain point I kind of felt like you know what why don't you just see what, you know, he was really having great ideas and really engaging with what we'd shot. And, um, and so I helped set him up with kind of, you know, some of the technical um, support he needed to figure out how to edit it together because he hadn't done that before, but then he really um, took it on more, more primarily. Um, But the really important thing there was that, um, you know, obviously it was a very vulnerable thing to do and, um, so we were really, uh, I remained involved in that I would, you know, look at um, kind of everything he put together and I would tell him that, you know, I was uncomfortable with something or um, needed something to change. And so there was a lot of trust there, especially after I left and he was still working on it, um, being sure to, to, you know, he was very cognizant of yeah I mean it's it's a really short film I think it's only 10 minutes long is that right yeah I
0: mean yeah. that was an interesting decision because you probably have hours and hours and hours of, of footage um <laughs> but uh there's a lovely bit in it where I mean it really shows that thing of getting to know somebody and I, I think you must have started putting the camera up in the kitchen or something <laughs> so that just recording various conversations you were having and he's saying at one point Oh, look, see the way you do that, you kind of zone out, you space out sometimes. And it's like you can really almost in real time see a couple of people getting to know each other's idiosyncrasies. But also that seems to be about the fact that you alluded to earlier that you were going through a difficult time. You just had a relationship breakup very soon before meeting him and you had been cheated on. And he had also been cheated on in a previous relationship. So you were going through a really hard time and he needed to allow you the space to grieve that almost or to deal with that Mm -hmm. while you were kind of embarking on this new thing how did that go
1: yeah I mean that was a whole you know additional layer to it um which we had discussed while he was in Chicago even you know so recent it kind of had to come up and um yeah that was definitely definitely part of it And, and part of being there was that I was you know it was strange because we were sharing this experience very deeply and very closely, but then I was also having this entire other experience that was also very intense, that was separate from him. Um, and yeah, he was just incredibly, incredibly generous during that time. You know, I, I did have periods where I, you know, wasn't able to engage or I was, you know, having a really difficult time. And, um, he really, you know, never held that against me or or asked anything from me and, um, was just really really supportive and and we found ways i think as the isolation became more difficult too to just really try to support one another um and really kind of be each other's support systems there and um yeah i mean i'm, I'm incredibly grateful for it it was really a, a a generous thing
0: yeah because emotionally i i was thinking watching it that's really really tough i mean you've come out yeah. of a relationship because that was a three-year or a long-time relationship yeah. yeah, and and that had ended very suddenly in a not an, in a horrible way and now you're sort of with this other guy so on the one hand you're kind of as the film says falling in love in a pandemic Mm -hmm. and on the other side your your heart is broken and you're getting over a broken heart as well I think it's really interesting never mind the pandemic bit just those two things happening at the same time
1: exactly yeah I know there there was a lot happening (laughs) yeah very intense time yeah yeah
0: you don't do things by halves it seems I know I mean you're, you're so cute together and the lovely dog what's the dog's name again Mila. Mila and and uh, now it's uh, the other thing that's interesting is because he was isolating too you know in lockdown mm-hmm. on his own he didn't get to meet his friends I presume or he did on Skype or how did that all go
1: yeah, that was such a funny thing is that I, I wound up meeting a lot of his friends, but just on on FaceTime, you know? <laughs> so he had actually met a couple of my friends while he was in Chicago, um, and so we would FaceTime with them also. Um, but aside from that, yeah, everyone I, almost everyone I met was just over over FaceTime, which was such a funny way to meet people, but, um, you know, it was, it was Better than nothing. I definitely came to appreciate that. What
0: What did his family think, and what did your family think? Because families are funny anyway, and they could be like, yeah. "What the heck are you doing?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't entirely speak to it. His family thought they were certainly very, you know, very kind to me. Um, uh, my family wound up actually being really supportive when I was there. They actually were part of. Um, they really encouraged me to stay after the first few days. And um, I think partly just because you know the situation in the states was getting so bad and they didn't have you know a great deal of, of faith in how the government was going to handle it um which you know is fair <laughs> and uh, and so they really kind of felt that i was safer in in ireland and they felt like you know you you're comfortable you know you 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 have someone there with you you're not alone uh you know it's beautiful and idyllic and and it seems like you're much safer in this you know very sort of remote cottage than you would be in your, you know, densely packed apartment in Chicago. And so they, they I think, were a little uh, startled when I when I first flew over there. Uh, but once I was there, they were really extremely supportive.
0: Yeah. So then it comes to the end of your time and, and you kind of, um, I was expecting maybe that you just stayed there and you didn't go back to America and then you just lived happily ever after in Ireland. But, <laughs> but you actually booked a ticket back and yeah. the end of the film is you leaving... To go back, which was obviously a big wrench because you had become so close. You, I think the day before you left or the day you left that you both told each other you loved each other. Yeah. Which is always a big moment in a, in a relationship, a huge sort of thing that you'd probably been thinking for a while before you said it, you know, the way before you get the courage to say it. Um, so I just want to know how that worked out. Did you have to go back for work? Did you feel like, look, this can't go on indefinitely? I just need to get my life back or what was the motivation?
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the big motivation was definitely work. You know, there was a lot of work that I was able to do remotely. And of course, I'm remote working now, but there were sort of, you know, things that that I really had to be in Chicago to be able to do. Um, and part of it was just the, the the timing of the tickets and the airlines and everything as well, because I had, I had booked the ticket um, much earlier on and, and thought maybe that I'd be able to move it or change it. But then you know, as it was approaching, I was on the phone with the airlines, and they were saying, you know, basically it's going to be really expensive if you try to move it. We're not sure when it will be affordable again. So it became a thing of, well, you know, I go home this day, or I don't know when, you know. And I didn't feel like I could have that degree of uncertainty, um, and I really, yeah, I felt that I had to to get back to uh, to, to work, <laughs> um, and so that was really the the motivation. But yeah, it was definitely a, a strange, difficult thing.
0: So, um, I suppose I'm gonna ask you obviously where things are at now, but before that he he must have fil- finished the film quite quickly because he's got it into a film the Galway film fly is that right right yeah it, it won this amazing thing where it's going to be yeah. under consideration for the the short films and the Oscars like
1: right.
0: which is just you must yeah. have been when did you get that news
1: yeah i was I was pretty uh pretty shocked by that <laughs> I sat here with my uh with my friends here and, and watched the the stream of it <clears throat> when it was announced and then yeah I called Michael David and was pretty pretty shocked you know it's definitely very uh very very strange <laughs> from my perspective being in it so it's, it's a pretty surreal thing how, yeah. how does
0: it work now what where what, what's the timeline
1: I couldn't tell you <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Michael David's been really involved with that and and figuring out the next steps for it and everything. Okay. Um, But yeah, pretty pretty wild thing.
0: But it's amazing. And so, tell me this: what is your relationship status now with Michael David?
1: Yeah, so you know, we're we're absolutely still in touch. We're still very close. I think you know now we're we're very far apart, and um, you know, it's unclear whether you know one will. ever be able to see each other again. But I I think the big takeaway from, from being there um, in in Ireland with him, very much something we talked about a lot was how, how much we were living in the present. You know, we really didn't know how much longer I would be there. We didn't know what would happen next. We didn't know what would happen with the world. And so that was really something that, that was a, a huge learning experience I took out of it was really like kind of honing that ability to just take each day at a time and, and live in the present and I think that's the same philosophy I, we're taking now is is just you know who knows what the future is who knows what comes next but just trying to to both kind of take each day as it comes and um still you know on, on very very good terms he yeah.
0: your boyfriend
1: um I don't think we're you know labeling anything <laughs> right now
0: <laughs> so we're not talking about a long distance relationship then Again, no labels. Is that what you're going to tell me? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wanted a bit more because I wanted to think that you were making plans to move back or he was making plans to move over to you. Do you miss him a lot or not? Have you have you settled back in and kind of is it more like a dream now?
1: No, you know, I think it's it's still something that's very real. And um, it was such a, a funny transition coming back because you know when I when I first got back home, it was sort of amazing, right? Like, oh I I can do whatever I want now, <laughs> you know, I can watch whatever TV shows I want, I can listen to the music I want to listen to, and, and having that alone time was really nice. Um, but that didn't last very long. And, and definitely it, it's been you know really hard to be to be back home and away from him. And and yeah, certainly a lot of my friends saying, you know, it's great to have you back, but why did you leave Ireland? <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, um, you know, I think this was a wild experience even aside from the pandemic, but there is still this ongoing pandemic. And so I think the, the, the future in every way is so unclear. You know, I really have no idea what the future is for any part of my life right now because of, of everything that's going on. And, and so I think that that kind of applies to this as well. Um... Between each other, do you feel it's unfair to put any pressure
0: on each other? Like, I'm just wondering, are you back on Tinder? Is he back on Tinder? Is it kind of like leaving things open for for people and not putting pressure on each other?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think I'll, I won't get into any of the details of all that. But, you know, kind of like I said, really the foundation of, of when I, of, of our whole experience was communicating a lot. We knew that it was a really kind of bizarre intense experience and so we've really got better communicating and I think that's true now too where we're extremely honest with each other and, and really really communicate well and um and that's I think really the foundation of, of everything for us
0: I have to um, just tell people if anyone's wondering about what the noises are I think they're coming from Mimi's house Mimi has two cats and they seem very noisy
1: Thank you. They're very big. So they're they're knocking quite a few things over in the back.
0: Yeah, but I think they're basically going, what do you do pay us some attention and they're exactly. some... <laughs> And listen, I'm also interested in your broken heart as well and how that's healing.
1: Yeah, you know, that's um that's still a a very <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um that's, you know, still a very difficult thing and um so yeah, that's that's part of everything too. That's definitely something that I'm very much still going through. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm very you know, grateful to, to have and have had Michael David in my life, um, helping me through yeah. that. I mean, I think because you did
0: things in such a, well, it wasn't your fault, but things happened in such an escalated, yeah. strange fashion. Normally, even if you went over for your five days, you'd have come back, you'd, you'd have continued on that process of healing. You'd have had more time, you know, you didn't yeah. have that. Um, so I, the The trauma of that lost relationship is still not dealt with and, and you probably need that time in real life to do that before making any yeah. big decisions about big long-term relationships anyway you know I would about, my psychologist hat on I'm not a psychologist
1: <laughs> no but that's absolutely true that's absolutely true yeah yeah
0: so I think what you're it sounds like the way you're um, approaching this next bit is quite sensible and level-headed Uh, Even if it's not the Mills and Boone uh, sort of um, answer we wanted
1: necessarily.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have Mills and Boone over there, of course you do. Uh,
1: No, I don't think we do. (laughs) Well, Mills and
0: Boone, you'll have to go and Google it now after you speak to me. Mills and Boone are these romance novels, very cheesy, very corny, usually involving some very, very rich man. It's all very heteronormative and it's... uh, And like the, the sex is very chaste, but quite, you know, it's quite raunchy as well. And, you know, yeah. the kind of things that your granny would have read and then you would have sneaked them out of her her bookshelf, you know.
1: Absolutely. So, That's
0: excellent. Yeah, I definitely recommend for the laugh. But they're a good laugh. Um. But anyway, the, the thing is, the Mills and Boons always have these very sickeningly romantic endings. They always end very well. But this is ending well, too, Um. just not in, in that way
1: right I think the the beginning of our of our whole story together was so dramatic and intense which was actually actually wonderful and yeah I think both of us would say you know I don't have a single regret it was you know just really fantastic and I'm I'm so glad I went and it was really a beautiful experience but yeah I think it, it started out so dramatic and so now I'm trying to be a little more a little more level-headed about it as you said well, okay.
0: here's my prediction you know here's my now I've got I've taken off my psychologist hat I'm now in my fortune teller hat okay so <laughs> I think that when is the oscars are they usually january something like that so then you get nominated and then you come together at the oscars and then it all kicks off again you know, <laughs> you're both in your finery and you're both at the celeb parties and suddenly it all you know that's that would be another phase of it what do you think
1: that that would be very cool that would certainly be a, a very very cool thing
0: <laughs> it's, uh yeah i mean yeah i think that's definitely i can see you up there getting the award and then you know the next phase of your life begins
1: Absolutely.
0: And the, and part two of the film is made.
1: There you go. There you How go. to fall
0: in love again at the Oscars. <laughs> OK, so if anybody says anything, I said it first. All right. You predicted it. Um, Absolutely. Mimi, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I wish you all the best with everything, not just your love life, but with your work and everything that you're doing, um, because you're obviously very talented and um, I'm sure you have so much ahead of you. So we really appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk to us about it.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is lovely. Right.
0: Thanks, Mimi. Thanks very much to Mimi Wilcox. It really is a great film and we wish them all success with it. Now, being honest, it doesn't sound to me like the love story has legs, but sure, you never know what will happen. And it really did cheer me up. So I hope it did the same to you. That's it for today. Remember to send us your good news to the women's podcast at irishtimes.com and on social at IT Women's Podcast. The podcast is produced by me, Rosie Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Hold
1: up.